Hello, and welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, the podcast that looks for, I don't know, that like proverbial balance and uh, middle ground in this journey that we call life. Uh, Often focusing on the wellness world, sometimes not. We're sort of fringing wellness now. Like it totally applies to wellness today, but like it's not like deeply in there. I, I like that. I think this is Fr- just such fringing a fun wellness. Talk. We're fringing wellness. Yeah. I mean, we're really fringing life as we know it <laughs> constantly every <laughs> week. Uh, um, I'm Jenny Omani. Did I say that already? If I did, great. If not, that's my name. <laughs> and I'm Annika Buckle. As always, um, if you've heard us say this before and you haven't done it, maybe today is the day that you, if you're enjoying listening to us, just go and like boop a little boop five star rating boop boop a little love these ladies comment in whatever platform you listen to us in. It would um, really, really, really it makes a difference to us. So thank you. I'd love done to that. see the closed captioning on that. Boop. Ah, boop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so we are talking today about, I mean, the technical term is parasocial interaction and then its sister parasocial relationships. But what it actually is, is it's that thing where you feel like you know somebody that you do not know. (laughs) So like, you know how you get invested in, I don't know, whatever trash show you're watching or whatever, like that is you experiencing a parasocial interaction where you sort of feel like you're more involved than you really are. Definition wise, um, I actually have pulled from Wikipedia because Wikipedia did, in my opinion, from what I found, like the nicest definition. So for our starting point, we'll consider this a spectrum. If we were to start at one end of the spectrum, um, feeling like, you know, a celebrity that you don't know or a human that you don't know is known as parasocial interaction, which is defined as a kind of psychological relationship experienced by an audience in their mediated encounters with performers in the mass media, particularly on television and online performers. So it goes on to describe it as an illusionary experience such that the media audiences interact with personas as if they are engaged in a reciprocal relationship with them. Uh, so it's a term that was initially coined by Donald Horton and Richard Wohl, Wohl, W-O-H-L, Wohl, in 1956. So this is, uh, and this I sounds, just, I yeah, find yeah, it so fascinating that it was 1956. Right. Like, Cause it feels like such like a term that would have been coined due to TikTok and Instagram. Totally. <laughs> totally. And I, I just like, I also like kind of was going through a lot of this stuff and pulled this quote kind of directly out of their work, which I really loved. One of the quote, one of the striking characteristics of the new mass media, radio, television, and the movies is that they give the illusion of face-to-face relationship with the performer. And I just read that and thought, oh, it's so funny to think like the movies are like the Instagram. Right. Or, or like the TikTok. radio, right? Like <laughs> anyways, intimacy totally. at a distance is also in the title of their paper. And I just love that phrase in this intimacy mm-hmm. at a distance, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the key to that is now, especially when we look at things like um, Instagram and TikTok, where you have creators looking right in a camera lens Mm -hmm. and it's usually like a close up of their face. There is this illusion of intimacy Mm -hmm. because you don't know that person. They're like across the world potentially, but because of how their face is situated and their gaze is situated, Mm -hmm. it does feel like um, an actual conversation at times, or you feel like you're receiving that information directly from them for you 
Yeah. Even though yeah. they don't know who you are. No. And I think this is what's <laughs> really interesting. And I think probably has really highlighted this, you know, to kind of a different place than it would have been in say 1956 is, you know, when you're looking at a parasocial relationship you gain with somebody via, you know, radio or the movies or even television, that's scripted. It's laid mm-hmm. out. It's professional. You know, mm-hmm. TikTok and Instagram is somebody who's like, oh my God, so I was at the grocery store. Like, it's just a conversation like you would have with your friend. Right. So I think that really kind of cranks up the dial on that a little bit. And then though, I would also challenge you to say that that's likely scripted too. How many takes <laughs> did they do? How many, right. do you know what I mean? Like, well, and I think maybe the level right? of celebrity, quote unquote, celebrity they're at dictates how scripted it is. Right. Well, but if you are a content creator and influencer, whatever, like you're doing that with a purpose. You're not just filming it to put it up there. Like you are thinking about who your audience is. You're potentially being just as intentional as somebody who's making it for like a sure. movie or something. It's just a very <laughs> different context than, yeah. you know, somebody writes a script and somebody else gets their makeup done and yes. performs that script, right? It's, yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I think even um, when you have an actor, they know that they are playing a part. Right. And I think that um, most content creators, when they're creating content, I'm extrapolating because I just doesn't this is not how I live my life. So I don't know what it's like to create content like that for millions of people to see. But I think that um, there's a personal sense of um, authenticity that goes into what's being created. I'm sure not for everybody, but I think that's kind of the gist of a lot of content creation. Right. It's 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 coming from an authentic place. Right. Well, whether it is or isn't, whether it is or not, (laughs) that is the thought. You know, to some degree, you can watch somebody in a movie and understand that that's a scripted role. Yeah. But it's harder, even if it's just as scripted, to mm-hmm. look at somebody's stories on Instagram and feel that that's the same thing because it doesn't feel oh, the same, even totally. if it actually is. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. No. You, yeah. It's a very different sort of optics. Um, to back it up a little bit, where I first started thinking of this and I knew there was a name for it. I was listening to a um, Patreon episode of, uh, oh gosh, Maintenance Phase. And they mentioned this phenomenon when they were talking about um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and their sort of treatment by the media. And um, this is something that they, that um, I think Michael brought up where he just said, you know, there's this phenomenon where, you know, people are so, basically people are so upset with Harry and Meghan um, because they feel like they know them. They feel like they've known Prince Harry growing up and all that. And I thought, oh my gosh, there is a term for that. That's very true. What is it? And I literally Googled when you think you know a celebrity <laughs> and God bless Google God bless. search algorithm. It's God like, bless Google. I don't know what I do without it. Parasocial interaction. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yes, I, yes, 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 I, I do. do. And I just think this is such an interesting and relevant subject given the age that we are living in where Mm -hmm. there are these blurred lines between like actual quality relationships and not. Totally. (laughs) Well, and I think, you know, kind of along those same lines, like I was thinking about it this morning, you know, I've been on like kind of like a full social media break for the Mm -hmm. last couple of weeks. And just this week I've started checking in again. I haven't, 
I haven't posted anything, but I have like logged in and am, you know, catching up with some of my friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Um, And, but this is what's so interesting, right? My friends, like people I actually know and see in real life, Mm -hmm. you know, in a lot of ways you could view what's happening right now between me and them as parasocial interaction, because they Mm -hmm. know nothing about what I've been up to for the last three weeks. Because we like, haven't talked. I haven't my posted voyeurism anything. isn't voyeurism. <laughs> but, like, but like, I know my friend got a new dog and attended a protest last week and that she went to Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy last night with her boyfriend. Like, But she knows nothing about what I've been up to, right? So yeah. I think that's also the reason that, that, you know, when we're viewing our friends through the same lens that we're viewing, I don't know, let's say Britney Spears, who I'm going to talk more about in a minute. Um oh you know, it becomes harder to separate out who we have real relationships with. Totally. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. It'll, I'm interested to hear what the sort of professional thoughts would be around kids growing up with that. Cause we didn't like, we know, mm-hmm. like we're in this, I mean, I say we're in this weird age group where we know things before technology and after, but also I feel like every age group could probably say the same thing of themselves because everything's evolving constantly. So, right. But I do think we straddle analog and digital in a way that not a lot of other generations have. Correct. I mean, that's my biased opinion. (laughs) Yeah. I would be an elder millennial. I I am also, I I am the eldest elder millennial. (laughs) Gather round children. Let me teach you about (laughs) modest mouse. I did have our, I'm cool moment yesterday when I showed up with my emotional support um, water bottle, which is a Stanley. Oh, and I, sh- <laughs> I showed up at my daughter's cheer practice and some of the older girls, they were like 12, 13 came out and they're like, oh, I want that mug. And one of them's like, I have the same one. And I was like, yes, this, cool. this part of me is fine with being cool. <laughs> it's the only part of me, but anyways, I digress. So do you want to talk? You said you found some really interesting information about parasocial interaction and there's it actually has a like an evil twin I don't know if it's good though do we want to call it like do we want to well, paint it as the good person the good guy? I don't it's hard I think it's hard to say so I like just to kind of nitpick and the other and side go of down the spectrum should we just talk about bit. the spectrum yes we started so, the spectrum with parasocial interaction right so <laughs> you know it, initially when um the two authors were kind of defining parasocial interaction, it really was referring to this, you know, kind of, you want to say incorrect sense of mutual awareness Mm -hmm. that can only occur during viewing. So this is like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're seeing something, you're watching something, you're consuming something where parasocial relationship refers to this kind of longer term association that may begin to develop during viewing, but then extends beyond the media exposure situation, right? So it's not Mm -hmm. just like I'm watching you know, somebody on a morning show and, you know, feeling connected with them. This is like, I feel connected with them even when I'm not watching them on a morning show. Mm-hmm. I think we can kind of think about it like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's again, like going I think- a step farther than a parasocial yeah. interaction because yeah. it's not just an interaction anymore. Right. You formed an imaginary relationship. Yeah. And I think yeah. again, as we look at the way that how we want to phrase new media now versus new media in 1956, yeah. it becomes even easier to, you know, kind of strengthen the sense of that relationship because, mm-hmm. you know, in 1956, you might've only been able to create those 
that longer term relationship through, you know, somebody comes out in a new movie and mm-hmm. then maybe you see a newspaper article about them and then they have another movie. Whereas mm-hmm. now you can Google them and follow their Instagram and, you know, well, watch like paparazzi and on, shit now, right? Yeah. Like, taking pictures on, of them out and about. Getting so out of their car. Them, yeah. You see them yeah. more in their like air quotes, normal day-to-day life. Yeah. And I think it really kind of fuels that parasocial interaction still happens. Yeah. But I think it's much more likely to turn into parasocial relationship now than maybe it would have been before. Can I give you my favorite example of what I formed in my brain when I was thinking about parasocial relationship? Okay. It's the mid nineties and you're going to a Backstreet Boys concert. (laughs) Yeah, I am. (laughs) But you have watched on MTV, all the behind the scenes, all the tour bus, like that's the equivalent of their story, Instagram stories, right? The what are, behind the music? That's what they call uh, right, it, right? Behind yeah. the music, and you'd see you'd see them like on their tour bus, and you'd see these very curated mm-hmm. images. But they gave you a more of an insight into personalities for these like boy band figures. And, and again, then, it felt more like oh, we're just walking, especially on the tour when you bus, have an crazy. underdeveloped prefrontal cortex, yes. right? Yeah. If you are a teenager or a preteen or you know, younger than your, I think early twenties, your prefrontal cortex, which is like essentially your good decision-making part of your brain is not fully developed. It's the last part of your brain. I think, Mm -hmm. I think it's the last part of your brain to fully develop. I could be wrong. Let's not quote me there, but, um, Annika's Googling it. I can actually see her typing. (laughs) My point is when you are young and in a different emotional state with a brain that has not fully developed yet, you are going to take those experiences that you see and project them more into your day-to-day life, right? Like, and that's where you'd see, like, if you're looking at Backstreet Boys, you'd see like Team Nick, Team right. Brian, right? In right. sync, you'd be like Team Jason. Like any, you would pick and you'd have these strong connections. Feelings. Yes. And yeah. like, you were going to marry them. It was going to happen. 100%. 100%. Right? And, and you're you- right, by the way, it is the last part of the brain to develop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it in the mid-20s? Did you get that far in your Google search? I did. I did. I just want to know for my own. Mid to late 20s, actually. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I undercut it. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, like to me, that was my first thought when I was reading about this. I was like, oh my God, it's like me in the 90s going to Backstreet Boys concert and like staying to see the tour bus leave because it it you were a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, this is, again, it's like we can take it to the nth level now with the way that, you know, media is, but I think we shouldn't undercut how the feelings are identical. That mm-hmm. feeling that you've had that you were going to, you know, see the tour bus and, and maybe he'd see you out the window and yes. fall in love and get married. Like, <laughs> right. That's the same as somebody, you know, watching them on Instagram and having that same sensation or feeling that same Totally. You know, Maybe they'll read my DM. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's got, yeah. It, 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 there's got to be like a modern day <laughs> direct translation. Anyways, that's the idea that first came in my head. Um, do you have any from like your personal life that like you projected on yourself from reading? Oh, this? I mean, it, <laughs> what I, what I found so interesting as I was, you know, kind of like digging around is just how, how easy it is. And I noticed where I, where I, you know, my brain kind of went to, I noticed that this comes up when you see people, especially when you see people defending celebrities, like you don't really know, right. You don't actually know because you don't know this person. So 
when somebody's, you know, saying something bad about a celebrity and somebody steps in, ultimately that's this parasocial relationship at play because you don't know. It could be on both ends. Totally. Right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the piece that I think where somebody might think like, oh, I, oh, I don't, I wouldn't fall for that. I don't, you know, I would Mm. never be obsessed with a select because I think we have this idea and it's, I think it's very, you know, culturally it's like, oh, you know, girls following the Backstreet Boys or like somebody Mm -hmm. obsessed with Taylor Swift or, you know, those pieces, you know, men do it with athletes and sports teams. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't gender that. People do it with athletes and sports yeah, teams, totally. but I, but I feel like it's become something that's very gendered, right? Like, yeah. oh, it's, oh, like, so it's such a negative thing to be obsessed with one direction, but how is like understanding, you know, five band members history really any different than like following some footballers huh. stats, right? Like, oh my God, that's such a good point. Right. Right. It's very easy for us to kind of gender like, oh, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But like somehow it's okay if we do it over in this like sport world, right? That's fine. That's the same, right? That's it's no, it's having exactly a, the same. Having a you know intense feelings about a professional athlete are are also a parasocial relationship. A hundred percent. Yeah, we no, just it we just totally don't view is. it through that same negative lens, right? No, of course not, because I mean, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> probably because of the patriarchy, change takes anyway. time and patriarchy. <laughs> so my first thoughts of this went to a boy band. Like that was my personal. And then my next thought, and I would argue that maybe to date, this is the biggest example on an international level. I could be wrong. There's no data to support this. So I can just say it anyways. But I think Princess Diana is Mm. the, in my opinion, most international largest example of this because the way the media like her or not, like the royal family or not, it has nothing to do. Like, we're not talking about any of that. We're literally just looking at in this context, Celebrity like parasocial relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The way she was um, co- constantly in the media, you could know how her day went. You knew when she'd go to the gym. You'd like, they, mm-hmm. like those, she was just so followed and photographed. And I'm sure at one point in time, she was the most photographed woman in history. I'm, I'm sure that at one point that would be an accurate statistic for her. And I think if you look at her death and the, um, the absolute huge degree of mourning that Mm -hmm. people who would never have met her had never seen her in person were sort of spiraled into, I think that's where you can read like that is to me when I read through, uh, these definitions that to me is the ultimate parasocial relationship figure well and i mean this is kind of how you and i came to talking about this topic today is you know as we were kind of dissecting a few things i remember so vividly when she died my mom came into my bedroom and was crying my mom is not has never met her my mom (laughs) had never probably even been on the same continent as her maybe what twice in her entire life yeah but that was irrelevant right yeah so that, you know, I think a lot of people, I mean, you know, kind of to what you and I were talking offline when we were talking about this, it's like, you remember Princess Diana dying, you remember yep. 9-11, yep. right? It's, but that yep. is, you know, 9-11 isn't a parasocial relationship example. Nope. That's just a news event. But this feeling of like somebody, something bad happened to somebody I know, right? Yeah. I don't know them. 
<laughs> right. And I think her to this day, people still have like, I mean, when did she die? 96, 95, like 96, that. somewhere between 95 and 97. I would bet money. I see Annika Googling that. No. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with August, 1996. Cause I think it was the summer. Um, but like she August 31st, oh. 1997. Good job. So close. Okay. Good 97. Place. 97. But you knew it was summer. Good job. I did know it was the summer. <laughs> well, I remember that because I listened to uh, Spare on Audible and I do remember him talking about it. But what was so interesting about listening to that book on Audible was as he goes at length describing sort of this period of time when his his, his mom passes because it sets up, you know, uh, a lot of future experiences for him, for mm -hmm. Prince Harry. Um he remembers all of the, as he's retelling the story, I was like, oh my God, I remember being mm -hmm. a kid mm -hmm. and where like my experience, where I was, what I was doing and whatnot. And as a kid, I didn't follow media outlets. Like in 1997, right. I right. was uh, 14, 13. I wasn't following. I had Backstreet Boys posters everywhere. Right. But you're not like <laughs> reading the newspaper. I'm not reading the Daily Mail and like whatever right. other British yeah. tabloids are stalking Princess Di. But I still remember all that, that mm -hmm. stuff and listening to that story. What if I see like footage of the funeral? I feel sad. Right. You know, watching those right. two boys walk by. Like I feel sad. Mm -hmm. Like I feel a different experience than if I see other equally like, sad things right somebody else's so funeral. bizarre right yeah totally right. i think what's interesting about this concept is how sort of pervasive it is in the sense that whether you're if you're a 13 year old you're kind and you're i mean are there even boy bands anymore is this a relevant example no there but, are there but, are and i know because people still love harry styles people still love one direction yeah, like no one direction broke up like a long I time know, ago okay but like but there. it's still there. Teenage crushes will always be a thing. How about that? Let's <laughs> that's, leave it at that. That's perfect. It doesn't, maybe it doesn't have to be a boy band. Maybe it's a no, whatever, right? Yeah. I'm it's just a Justin Bieber. It's a, <laughs> it's a whatever. Yeah. But I think teenage crushes will always be a thing. And there is inherently a parasocial, um, you know, interaction at, you know, best and relationship at worst that comes up. I mean, in those thoughts. look at the Beatles, right? right? That's the Absolutely. Beatles were the first boy band. And that's yeah. part of what kind of fed into this whole media consumption as relationship. Yeah. And piece, it doesn't right? happen intentionally. Like, I don't think teenagers, I'm using them as an example, intentionally are like, well, I need to become obsessed with the celebrity or whatever. <laughs> it just happens. It's more, it's a pervasive thing. It's, mm -hmm. it's there, it's happening. And I don't think that I think there's some awareness from some people and I would, I'm willing to bet there's like zero awareness, you know, right. from others. I mean, I guess that would be a stalker, someone with <laughs> zero awareness of how bad their fake relationship was with somebody. Um, did you, you looked into these original, what are they psychologists? Uh, just a very little bit, like just a little bit. Yeah. Like I'm I curious, like what they're they're like work normal, like their work was in general. Were they behavioral psychologists, I guess? Sociology. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Sociologists. Well, and I actually, um, originally kind of the first example I thought about that I thought I was going to talk about, um, was Kim Kardashian. Okay. Um, and good example. Like, 
Right. But like, as kind of a side note, like and to tag onto what you were just saying, like huge shout out to all the grad and PhD students from 2012 to 2018 that wrote papers on Kim Kardashian and Paris. Oh my God. There's gotta be so much in that database. There totally is. And I just, I read so much of it and it, like, I just, it's been the absolute best. How many times did you see the phrase <laughs> Brazilian butt lift? <laughs> In your Let academic me tell you reading, how, how many times I got to read the phrase "keeping up with the Kardashians," um, <laughs> and actually, originally, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about her in particular was because I think this connection of like brand, as in selling you things constantly yeah. via what feels like a natural parasocial relationship, and I mean, yeah. I think we can tie that part back to the wellness world too, right? You follow for sure a fitness influencer, you feel like you trust them, you have a relationship with them. And then when they sell you a supplement or a workout plan or a, you know, whatever, and then they is. become a coach and they sell you their coaching program right. and that, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. And you just I mean, keep buying consuming. And I mean, the Kardashians have done an excellent job of creating you know, lifestyle capital sales. success out of parasocial relationships, right? Yeah. People, people buy their lip gloss and their shapewear because they have feel like they have a relationship with them yeah it's like kardashians as a whole right it's super effective marketing i mean look at look at where we're at in terms of like marketing strategy online right like that is Mm -hmm. sort of the crux of a whole bunch of marketing strategy for all genders yeah well it just looks different depending on what you're trying to cater to who you're trying to cater to the niche that you're that you're looking at but i think it's only going to become kind of more that's going to be more exacerbated as time goes on because I mean, you and I talked about this a little bit offline this week too. It's like, everything is just niche down, niche down. How niche yeah. can you get? How niche yeah. can you go? <laughs> the Kardashians are an excellent example of fucking How you niching don't the to. shit out of themselves <laughs> in very, in many different areas. Like, <laughs> Well, and maybe actually it's an example of how maybe you don't have to niche. You just figure out a way to create a space where is it shapewear is it lip gloss is it makeup is it i mean it's all appearance based i guarantee you i guarantee you if chloe kardashian started selling you a coaching program people would buy it all you need is to go back in time let's go back to where it started all you need is a dad who is a (laughs) super prominent lawyer who happens to take on oj simpson (laughs) And where's the suitcase? That's all I want to know. If you've oh listened God. to anything about the OJ Simpson trial, Rob Kardashian, where did the suitcase go? Please um, tell If us. you want more information on that, I highly recommend listening to the entire OJ Simpson series on You're Wrong About. It's like years old. Like You're going to have to scroll, you scroll, have to scroll way back to, back. to ni- 2019 and 2020. And it's like highly recommended. And they never resolve it. it. Yeah, so, so you just have to be okay with that, but God, is it good? You don't have to be okay with that. Cause I'm not, I'm still waiting. But <laughs> my point is if you go way back, like the first celebrity in that family mm-hmm. was for very, had nothing to do with lifestyle. It was right. OJ Simpson's freaking lawyer who potentially <laughs> destroyed, hid, removed a entire, a, a lot of relevant evidence for the, tr- the trial. Right. That's where the, that's where it all started. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, so. and I think that's it. The reality is the nexus, the, the origin actually doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Right. And I think that that proves it, right? You don't have to be a movie star. You don't have to be a radio personality. No, but it sure helps if you have money. <laughs> always. It always helps. Money makes more money. Unfortunately, but that's boo. 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 Thanks, Hollywood. 
Um, and I actually, it's funny we talk about the Kardashians. I think a really good day-to-day example of this is like your run-of-the-mill internet trolls. Like if you are actually invested in trolling, <laughs> you have created a parasocial interaction or relationship with whoever you're trolling because you feel so, and I'm not talking about replying to comments to correct information or anything like that. Like I think right. it's fantastic. I actually am a huge supporter of people not being like censored, put the crappy information out there so that it can be debunked and corrected as exhausting as that is for the humans that debunk but bless them thank thank you for doing that (laughs) thank you for doing that but i do think yeah people should have shouldn't just be you know zipped but if you are an internet troll and you are writing comments purely for the point of being a dick or an asshole or whatever like you have you a don't listen to this podcast because there's no way you would (laughs) consume any content that required looking into anything and thinking deeply but um those people have uh passed into the realm of parasocial interaction. Mm-hmm. They feel yeah. invested for whatever reason. They feel strongly about something mm-hmm. and they are keyboard warrioring themselves for whatever reason. Right, right into, yeah. Well, and, and I think it's interesting because a lot of times it's it's more easy to think about, you know, parasocial relationship in that you know, person you form a longer term bond with, but I think mm-hmm. internet trolls is such a great example of like somebody just like stomping, stomping on everything. <laughs> yeah. And they usually have like fake accounts. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. troll. That's like a, a lot special of, breed. a lot of effort. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So I also want to talk a little bit about Britney Spears because oh, I just want to hug her. I well, I know. Well, but <laughs> I think she her she just fans needs a, she just needs I know, love. I know. Somebody just like bake her a pie and talk. Oh my her god. The so, poor like psychologists who like deal with childhood issues just must be like, ah with everything right. that poor human went through her whole life. Anyways, okay, tell me what you're tell me your thoughts. So this is, I think, just such a fascinating kind of foray down, like, parasocial relationship to the extreme. Um, I think, you know, I'm not going to go all the way back to the 90s or even the early 2000s because, you know, I think at this point people know. But I do want to talk about her conservatorship because in 2008, she's placed under this conservatorship, which was finally terminated in November 2021. Um, But a big piece of the the termination of that was the hashtag free Britney movement. Mm -hmm. That was her fans taking on, you know, that they know wild. Right. Right. Like when you know about her and they're going to do something about it. Right. Yep. Um, you know, I could, I could see going to the courthouse, you know, in to protest in support of like a friend or a family member, or, you know, even like a big social issue that I care about, you know, but this isn't just people, you know, in the comments on an Instagram post, you know, cheering no, her on. No, no, this man. is people like with signs and chants and waiting you know, in line to mass. get courthouse seats. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, in support of essentially a stranger, but of course it doesn't feel like that to them. No. It feels like they're supporting their friend who for sure doesn't know who they are. <laughs> and you know what I find interesting to play on that is I first, I hadn't, I don't know when, but it was before the conservatorship was in court or the case mm-hmm. was in court. Somebody I follow on Instagram had posted something about like, 
pre-Britney or Britney Spears, whatever. And by follow, I mean someone I do not know personally, like just. Right. And so I was like, oh God, yeah, Britney Spears. And I went to her Instagram and like, yeah, you can tell she's obviously having some mental health issues and you you can argue back and forth as long as you want about, was that uh, you know, a nature versus nurture situation, mm-hmm. whatever. But what I found fascinating was you'd see, cause she would post all these videos of her just like dancing, like bizarre posts, like mm-hmm. to be honest. Right. Mm-hmm. And the comments would be people there. They'd be like, Whoa, what the fuck happened? Blah, 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 blah. And for every freaking nasty comment, there was like people defending piling on them and defending her. And I was like, Whoa, because you don't see that. Right. You don't see that on mean internet posts. You no, do you, see like some people fighting, a little political bit. stuff. Right. Yeah. Fine. But like it was it feels very different. Someone right? was literally just being mean. Right. <laughs> they weren't talking about like any amendments or right. like right. anything like that. It was someone being mean. And all of these people were like, don't be mean to my friend, basically, is the energy. Right. That came out. Right. And it's like, <laughs> I was floored. Right. Well, floored. and I, I think kind of like, you know, to take this to the next level and along the lines of what you're saying, you know, you could see how at the end of 2021, as her conservatorship ends, you know, it would be hard for people who put so much time and effort into this kind of free Britney movement, mm-hmm. which I think is actually where things get even weirder. And I don't know. This oh. feels like it's been kind of less in the media, but in 2022, okay. people started posting some wild online theories about Britney. Like really? she's missing. Her account is being posted by former members of her conservatorship team. Somebody's making her uh-huh. perform in front of a green screen so that she would seem fine. Or even she's been murdered and her account has oh, posted okay. a body double. Oh, okay. Went, that feels a little far. I could I went, see her account being under control for sure yeah, of course, that i could right? see but, that yeah you know it w- as this was happening i kind of went like deep down the rabbit hole um Were you just on because reddit? i was like what is even happening well no i was i was on did um, you go to reddit I, I mean thankfully <laughs> no but instagram it has plenty yeah. of content and yeah. this is where i mean this is still i went this morning just to check all of those accounts are still posting all of these same things. People who believe she's really? been sex trafficked and tying it back to QAnon conspiracies. People who think, oh. you know, this whole thing is like a proof of gods and aliens and we're living in the matrix. It is wild. It's wild. Oh, wow. That's, oh, that's okay. Right. And <laughs> that feels, feels a little, uh, it gets, this is what I mean. Like it gets real conspiracy really, About really Britney quick. Spears. Yes. That's, I think to me, when I look at all the things that people have created conspiracies about lately, <laughs> I'm like, did we need Britney Spears as one? Like this you've already much? just, I mean, I mean, usually we're leaning on like political or health per- or <laughs> perceived personal freedoms right. um, or perceived or actual right. personal freedoms. And oh, okay. Britney Spears. Yeah, no. And I mean, it's to the point that, you know, in at the end of 2022, you've got the police were called to her 
place by her fans who were worried about the safety of her health. Alyssa Milano is tweeting about it. Perez Hilton is like Alyssa, blogging about it. Are they like it. friends or something? I mean, in the way that celebrities are friends. But oh. you posting on Twitter, is Britney Spears okay? You know, and then. Oh. It's this like kind oh. of pile on of like all of the things that could be wrong. And Britney and is like, I just wasn't on Instagram this week. Sorry, guys. Well, and she's actually <laughs> shut down all comments on her Instagram. If you go on. Oh, she has. Instagram, hey, you can't. I'm not surprised. Comment because it was just wild there. These same people who are piling on, like, don't be mean to my friend or like, oh, my God, girlfriend, we're so worried about you. Like, are uh, you OK? Like, oh, they, like, they the crossed the they, line. They called far. the police to come to her house to check on to do a wellness check on her you know because mm. of what they had decided my friend doesn't act like this my friend is acting weird and i'm worried about her right where you don't actually yeah, know her right so no. i mean that's kind of an extreme example both for the good and the bad but i think when we look at you know her as an example of parasocial relationship it gets crazy right yeah, that's wild. I didn't realize it went, I mean, I'm not surprised it went right. that far only because the amount of coverage yeah, right. for the conservatorship. Although yeah. I will say, I find it very interesting that likely the same people that were absolutely going to town and eating up all of her MTV performances and her, do you know what I mean? Like it's people that have grown up with her versus like young people now, because mm -hmm. that's who they, I'm assuming I, I can't, I feel like that's probably the case, but the same people who ate up every single dancing with a snake performance and all <laughs> of that stuff yeah, are now so heavily invested in what may or may not be true about Real. our well-being right right well and yeah. I mean, if you think about it you know it makes a lot of sense because basically when the conservatorship ended she said you know i don't think i'm ever going to perform again and when you think about people yeah. who you know i was reading about Fair enough she was like literally the, forced yeah to perform. 100% sister sit down on your couch and never work yeah. another day in your life to it's pay totally her fine. dad yeah like right. that's fine never do that um, again you know, but I read about some of the biggest bloggers and, you know, people running the biggest social media accounts, they're spending 20, 30, 40 hours a week on this, particularly kind job, of man. right in the heyday of the free Britney movement. Then it's like, Britney's free. Now, sure. yeah. now I have 40 yeah. extra hours of energy that I was putting into that, that it now has to go somewhere. Right. So I think yeah. this is where we see the negative side of that parasocial relationship is you just dig until you find something. I feel like most parasocial, I think when you, when you sort of tiptoe into the parasocial relationship versus interaction, I think you're more likely than not to have a negative hmm. one. I think it's totally possible for it not to be negative, but I think once you cross into that relationship territory, it's a perceived relationship. It's not real. And I right. think once you have perceived relationships, it really, there's some... Um, I just, yeah, if it's an unreciprocated relationship, especially from someone who literally has no way of knowing who you are, like not right. just like someone who's not paying attention to you, like they have no, <laughs> not means. just like my crappy boyfriend in my twenties. This is like, actually like somebody right. who would never, ever know you. Well, this is the thing. And I yeah. think that that's where Instagram 
and social media just gets really tricky Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. because people mix those perceived relationships. They confuse them with real relationships Mm -hmm. and real relationships are really important. Yeah. It's not the same thing. No, what I did find actually really interesting that I also wanted to touch on, um, you know, where possibly we can see some positive in this parasocial relationship. I read Mm -hmm. a number of really interesting papers written about the health impacts of parasocial relationships, which initially okay. was like, what? But no, this, I can I, see I can see this. Yeah. Right. And yeah. particularly unsurprisingly, you know, a bulk of this research was around, you know, COVID. But right. this idea that if you have a, some sort of parasocial relationship with a celebrity, they encounter some sort of illness, it then makes you A, take that illness more seriously and B hmm feel like you have more of a connection to its existence, right? Like I understand MS better when my girlfriend gets a diagnosis of it. Yeah. I understand COVID-19 better when Tom Hanks says he has it, right? Like totally. Well, and look at all the good that's come from like Michael J. Fox with Parkinson's research. Yeah. Or um right? who's the who's the Selena Gomez, right? Right. Yeah. Talking yeah. About her uh, lupus, I lupus. think. Right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, I think if we can find some positive in there, that that's a really interesting way to look at. But I think that's how marketing works too, right? Like I'm not (laughs) saying that Michael J. Fox like is marketing, (laughs) but I'm saying as a marketing principle, right? you're trying to make content products more relatable and using people that other people can relate to Mm -hmm. as the Mm -hmm. vehicle for that does that. That's why you have always seen, um, like ads, Ryan Reynolds is so fantastic at doing ads for things, right? right? Google, he's done a ad for, in support of doing, um, colonoscopy screening, screening colonoscopies. Like it's, it's brilliant. Right. And I know that it, Dave would be more likely to go get a screening colonoscopy from Ryan Reynolds ad than for me being like, you know, you really should schedule it. Right. (laughs) Right. But so I think that is absolutely a great example of doing it for good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, and I think if we kind of want to wrap this up by, you know, tertiarily tying this back to wellness, I think a lot of the principles we've talked about, you know, in terms of marketing and in terms of this sense that, you know, I know somebody, I think it can be very problematic when we look at wellness influencers, especially because Mm, what are they selling you? How are they utilizing that relationship to feel make you feel a certain way. Well, and that's, that's it, right? It's, it's when sort of manipulation comes into play. And also when you start, there's nothing wrong with, I don't know, seeing someone use like, I don't know, like chapstick and being like, Oh, (laughs) get that like $4 chapstick. Okay, great. But there's a lot like the FTC has recently issued like a warning to like 700 companies about, um, you know, basically saying provide data to support the claims that you've made, right? Seven hundred countries stop making those claims. Well, I actually think they're getting going to get penalized for making claims that they couldn't substantiate. Is right. how I read it. But the point is, seven hundred companies. Mm-hmm. That is not a small number, and I think that's where you. It's important to sort of be a savvy consumer in a way. Mm. Like if you are buying things purely off of emotion, like that's fine sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. That's how we buy clothes a lot of the time. We're like, this (laughs) makes me feel 
good or kind of way. yeah, Yeah. Or whatever. But I think when it comes to things that have to do with health and wellness, um, especially things that you're consuming. (laughs) Well, and I think this is kind of the flip side, right? Like being aware about a screening colonoscopy via a celebrity is a different experience than buying a supplement via a celebrity. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. I find this whole topic fascinating. I'm still sad about princess (laughs) die. So is my mom. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to email. We really appreciate your support. And if you could do us a big favor and subscribe and share this podcast, it would mean the world to us.